0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host Jacob Granger. Today we're learning about the role of journalism development organisations in stimulating a stronger media ecosystem. Report for the World runs a global journalism programme with 32 partner newsrooms across 20 countries in Asia, Africa, Latin America and Eastern Europe. It works to strengthen the business models and editorial processes of resource-thin news organisations. Newsrooms everywhere are trying to manage the shared crises of financing journalism and winning the trust of audiences. Global Director Preeti Nellu joins us to talk about how its two-track programme aims to solve both of these problems in tandem. Collaboration is the key, she says, to unlocking the doors for public service news outlets. Stay tuned to hear how its latest media innovation program will foster greater connections between newsrooms that would not otherwise cross paths, and how you too can get involved. All that's coming up, so don't go anywhere. Preeti, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Thank you ever so much for coming on to the show.
1: Well, thank you, Jacob, for having us at Report for the World on your show.
0: Lovely to be speaking to you. Um, I understand that a little-known fact about you is that you're quite a fan of these supper clubs that you've been going to where you are now based in Barcelona. It's kind of a new concept, and you've done these in different cities that you've lived and travelled in the past. Tell us more.
1: Well, that is right. I actually started... um, holding a supper club in Beirut um, as I was living there for a while. And I understood that people did not know Indian food as well. Uh, And I love cooking uh, and curries tend to feature quite heavily. So I started that in Beirut and have continued in different cities I've lived in. It's a great way of bringing people together and inviting writers, artists, musicians to share their work in a safe space.
0: It's a nice way to experience different food from different cultures, get people to try your meanest dishes as well,
1: I suppose. Absolutely. A lot of homemade recipes and I uh, get the opportunity to collaborate, work with and invent new ones with uh, local chefs. What's your speciality? You know, it's a very simple one. It is a... Um, Coconut-based curry with uh, chicken uh, made the way my
0: grandma makes it. Sounds good. And what's something that you've been able to try through doing this that you hadn't previously? What's the standout dish that you've experienced for, through doing this?
1: Uh, we did a fusion between a Mexican chilaquiles and an Indian butter chicken. That was quite fantastic.
0: Oh, nice. So like the two cultures collided in, in this one dish. How was it?
1: I think it was quite a surprise, uh, mostly to me. I didn't think it would turn out as well as it did. And um, I have the secret wish to just sort of uh, start a chain that just does that. Chicken chilaquiles, a la
0: tendu. That's got a great ring to it. So um, I look forward to seeing that on a few menus. Let's go to Report for for the World, where you're the global director. Um, For the uninitiated that maybe don't know much about this organization,
1: what can you tell us about what you do there? Sure, absolutely. Um, So Report for the World is a global journalism service program. What we do is um, hold seasonal calls for applications where newsrooms that are focused on different critical beats such as uh, corruption, climate change, health, education, gender, criminal justice can apply seeking full-time salaried reporters that work on these different beats and so we look for evidence of this beat having worked well for that newsroom um, and that they're able to support the reporter in their own uh, career trajectory and so we have uh, 32 such newsroom partners that are supporting 45 specialized journalists and we're present in 20 countries across the world.
0: Wow. So these are story beats that you know are important for their local democracy, for their, for their readers, and you're essentially giving them more boots on the ground to go and do those stories.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's, it would be useful to widen the lens a bit about the basic principles that guide our work. Same as with our sister program, Report for America, we set out with three primary goals in mind. One was to strengthen local journalism by bringing impactful reporting to news deserts. Second, to support the sustainable business models, uh, diverse business models for newsrooms. And the third was to address these longstanding inequities in local media by supporting the professional development of diverse journalists from different backgrounds and by reaching overlooked audiences. And so our process of support is always full-time salaried positions for three-year cycles Now, we've started to look at how we're best placed to nurture the development of our own core members. Uh, That is how we refer to our reporters, while enabling them to connect across borders, to reach larger newsrooms, and thereby diverse audiences with their reporting. Simultaneous to this, we have um, started to work with our newsroom partners to create sustainability. So we're looking more closely at audience engagement, story impact, and diverse revenue models around the critical beats that the that we're supporting. And to achieve this, we run a two-track program that complements our salary support. Happy to go into those details. Yeah, we
0: will we'll, we'll do for sure. But backtrack for me slightly there. You said you've got your own reporters. Who are
1: they and what do they do? And so our reporters are actually full-time salary journalists who are part of the staff of our newsrooms. So while there are our core members, part of this you know, larger program, program, they're actually part of the newsrooms that we support. And so they work on a range of different issues. Uh, some are focused on different forms of investigative reporting, and they produce uh, stories that take a year at a time. Others are focused more on critical beats like uh, health or education. Some are intersectional, for example, looking at the impact of um, climate change on women in certain communities. They they tend to be from national, regional and hyperlocal media, so different sizes. Some are rurally based, some are in urban centres, but they're always part of the newsroom, so we do not get involved in the Editorial process itself, the newsroom always determines the job descriptions and the the stories. um, As as teams, uh, they make those editorial decisions. Where we support is with professional development and the larger sustainability of the uh, beat.
0: Right. Okay. So so that I've understood that correctly, these are reporters that you pay for. They're on your they're they're salaried by you, and they can go into other news organizations and are assigned as the stories that they need doing is that right
1: precisely Um, and we found that as opposed to fellowships uh, these full-time positions that go on for three year cycles are excellent ways of looking at how we can create more sustainability around the critical roles that they're Mm -hmm. covering so that that role continues to exist once we phase out our support
0: so that after three years they can stand on their own feet and they're in in a position to continue that important work
1: Absolutely, because at the end of the day, what we want to do is leave our ecosystems of local journalism uh, stronger and more resilient than when we would have entered them.
0: Okay, quick recap. Report for the World aims to strengthen local democracies around the world by partnering with public interest newsrooms globally. It runs a three-year, two-track programme. One track focuses on revenue generation for the newsroom, and the other centres around professional development and cross-border collaborations of journalists and editors. As part of this, Report for the World also pays, partially, for up to three specialist beat reporters at the newsroom. That is half the salary for two years while the newsroom partner pays the rest, and during the third year, support is reduced to a third of the salary costs. The thinking here is that stronger business models together with upskilled staffers make for a more resilient, sophisticated and specialised news operation that in turn contributes to a more diverse and collaborative media landscape.
1: I think ultimately what we're trying to create here is a Uh, Means by which our partners and journalists reflexively reach out to each other. So it becomes a self-sustaining mechanism. For example, if they're working on similar stories uh, that have connections and they want to gather a group to look at the trends across the world and create a series, or they want to gather a group because they are experimenting on similar revenue models or because they simply want to work with each other to reach larger audiences, to co-publish investigations. We want this to become a reflexive approach, a self-sustaining model where we're no longer needed. We're simply interlocutors or we simply um, inspire new ideas because we're able to see the macro perspective.
0: Do you have any really good examples and success stories of some of the work you've done here?
1: One example that comes to mind is a Latin America-focused training that we did last year. And so we we brought together our reporters focused mostly on climate change and environment that are working in different parts of the Amazon and in different Latin American countries, Portuguese-speaking and Spanish-speaking. And they came up with some of their sort of dream projects, enterprise investigative stories they wanted to work on. And based on these ideas, we curated a number of sessions that looked at how do you explore supply chains? How do you look at, you know, public records in the EU versus in Brazil versus, you know, Mexico? And how do you trace sort of accountability from the source to the destination? Uh So we encouraged them to bring uh, stories that had these local global angles. And then we had trainers from the OCCRP come in and hold a session to explain their approach, their sort of uh, thinking on what makes a story local and global. And we held pitch clinics that allowed them to further refine their stories. So out of that came very practical professional development, whereby the uh, journalists were able to improve their technical skills, but it also resulted in concrete stories and stories that can reach uh, audiences at multiple levels, local, national, and global.
0: Yeah, it it sounds there that they had a lot of the right thinking in place and the right stories in mind, and maybe they just kind of needed uh, the right push or someone to help facilitate that. Was there a particular missing piece that you were able to identify and then get this kind of project moving
1: Uh, what we saw was the missing piece in fact something we could have offered to them uh, as we reflected on the exercise was the sustainability piece so what we're now seeing is that a lot of our most sustainable newsrooms have hybrid revenue models so it's a combination of membership reader contributions campaign drives newsletters subscriptions Um, digital and in-person events as well and of course private and public grants right so right okay what we want to do is uh, create audience-driven models into this process into the editorial process because we see that our partners that are producing key public interest stories are seeing an increase in audience-driven models So what we want to do moving ahead is use our foundational process of supporting these specific critical beats as a way of amplifying audience reach and reaction and help transform it into revenue. So the three R's of impact, as we've come to refer to this process. And we're best placed to do this through the direct experiences of our newsroom partners, where we see... Uh, that they're able to um, create accountability journalism on certain stories. So what we want to know is what worked and why. Why did certain stories create impact? Um, When did that turn into revenue? And how can we integrate this into the editorial process from the very start of the uh, reporting of a project? So what we would have done differently next time is brought in a community audience engagement or a revenue-based expert to work with the reporters to see how to plan for uh, greater audience engagement and different forms of revenue.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, audience engagement strategies and, and monetizing that as well, it's quite a sophisticated process and it could be hard to do that when you are such a resource-thin organization and that's, I suppose, where it helps having, you know, these... Uh, conduits, I suppose, like yourself coming in to help provide some of those best practices.
1: Absolutely. And that is a goal um, to help these, uh, as you said, resource-trapped newsrooms to um, generate this audience engagement, impact, revenue cycle systematically and at scale. So we've thought about how can we best achieve this? And so again, uh, we look at it at this is a give and take process. It's a mutual process where we allow our, we enable our newsrooms to meet and exchange knowledge on the different methods that they've experimented with, because we see them as the leaders and the experts, and they look at the, what worked and why, uh, and then what we are trying to do is integrate these learnings into their editorial processes. So we extract the sort of narrative reporting that comes out of it, the learnings and we provide them to newsrooms in other regions or in the same regions that might not be aware of these different practices.
0: What's the current thinking at the moment? I I appreciate this maybe isn't a a solved problem right now. When the program is finished, how do you then think about leaving them in a self-sustaining position?
1: Absolutely. As you said, there is uh, not one answer to how we achieve sustainability, but there's several different approaches. So I think, again, what we're best placed to do is convene these peer-to-peer networks among our newsrooms that are working on similar themes. For example, some have done excellently with newsletter campaigns. The Daily Maverick in South Africa has I think up to eight different types of newsletters that they deploy, depending on the beat, uh, depending on the type of investigation. Our partner, the News Minute in India, has done joint drives for memberships with other like-minded media that are covering different regions of the country. Um, We have Agencia Publica, which has kind of become an agency of sorts because they've been able to crowdfund to the point where they even house a residency where journalists from across Latin America can come together and work work on stories. So we have these different models that are emerging. And what we're hoping is that we can group these newsrooms based on their priority areas. And again, that these networks become sort of self-sustaining where they start to reach out to each other and what we're doing really is a light sort of facilitation, curation of these events. It sounds
0: really great. Um, I don't want this question to sound too cynical, Preeti, but what is in it for these news organisations to collaborate on this scale?
1: I think for the first time, we're really seeing that we need to take the approach of collaborative over competitive to overcome this crisis. It's an existential crisis for a majority of um, independent media in the global south. You mean an economic crisis, you mean? Absolutely, and also a crisis in, I think, trust among audiences. It is not so simple to reach audiences Uh, on these extremely complex interlinked issues and with investigations. So we're facing both a crisis of um, maybe in some ways identity. What is the role of independent media uh, in communities and countries where people have very low trust in their government? In fact, there is an opportunity there where public interest media is filling key information gaps in countries where communities do not have trust in the information provided by governments. So there's both a crisis and opportunity here, but of course we're facing um, economic crises where uh, advertising models are just simply not going to go back to pre-COVID levels. So we have to invent new forms of both working together on stories to be able to paint more comprehensive pictures of what are going on, but also to be able to pool resources together to be able to just survive this period.
0: The point here is to be working towards a stronger media ecosystem. Report for the World offers support, but it is also informed a lot by the newsrooms it works with, so it's a give-and-take relationship. A new development on the horizon is its media innovation program, which takes the best lessons from its most sustainable, nuanced news partners to produce a reader revenue roadmap, together with the International Press Institute. Its work so far has identified an undeniable truth. The most sustainable news models have created hybrid revenue streams, protecting them against market shocks, as we've seen during the coronavirus pandemic, or when grant support is withdrawn. These innovative news partners have plenty of experience to give on running campaign drives, developing newsletter subscription strategies, or accessing private and public grants. Besides sharing best practices, what this also does is it promotes networking between newsrooms that face similar challenges and are working on the same critical beats.
1: So we bring the newsrooms that are working on our critical beats together, maybe similar ones like corruption or climate change um, or health, and we try to see how we can uh, systemize some of their success cases and make it part of their editorial processes.
0: Yeah. How transferable is that across different media markets? Because as, as you all know, you know, different markets have different situations with trust, willingness to pay for online news, et cetera how do you think just about making these learnings, these this training, you know, accessible for people across different uh, media environments, and how to potentially adapt that for unique landscapes?
1: Absolutely. So that's a really good question. What we're seeing is that while there are context-specific approaches that work because of uh, a number of reasons, because of uh, laws, legislation in that in that country, or because of access to different types of um, social media platforms, what we're also seeing is that these newsrooms wouldn't have organically reached out to each other. We're talking about Agencia Mural, a hyperlocal partner uh, that we have that is working in Sao Paulo, Brazil, focused on a marginalized community, and Citizen Bulletin that is working on another rurally based community, also marginalized, but in a completely different context. Now, what we're able to do is bring the learnings of these two very um, geographically diverse media outlets that are both using WhatsApp, uh, that are both using similar formats and approaches to create trust and audience reach in their communities. What we're then able to do is bring them together and see how uh, WhatsApp-generated storytelling can then be monetized. So that's one example. Other examples that come to mind are, are simply that our newsrooms have reacted with, oh, we haven't quite had the time to look into that type of uh, revenue generation. Can I have more information on it? Perhaps it's something worth trying because we see opportunity for it. So what we're seeing is that because these newsrooms don't, do not necessarily have media innovation experts that are full-time staff oftentimes it's the founders or the editors that are working on these different methods what we can do is provide alternative models to them so that they can start integrating it without having to spend as much time on the experimentation
0: i love that where is where's the drive for this come from where's the motivation come from to do this media innovation program
1: For us, success is when we leave each three-year cycle uh, of a partnership with each newsroom uh, with a level of uh, sustainability, uh, with a level of longer-term support being a possibility when we phase out. So we want to leave every ecosystem of uh, support stronger than when we would have entered it. So when we support a salaried position over a three-year cycle. From the very initial stages, I'm thinking about what will make this critical beat a permanent feature of this newsroom, because I think that is what success means to us. Um, We do want the reporter to build their own trajectory, but in parallel to the individual trajectories of uh, local journalists, we also want to build the long-term sustainability of the newsrooms. So automatically looking at media innovation approaches is uh, a very core part of our mission.
0: Are there any parts of the world you're yet to break into that you really want to?
1: Very good question. When I was in Perugia at the International Journalism Festival this year, I was quite surprised by... Uh, how parts of Southern Europe, um, especially Italy, Spain, Greece and Portugal are struggling because of economic crises and because of a lot of independent media having um, closed down during the COVID period. So we are looking at uh, Southern Europe as a new region of coverage, but where we are best placed to add value is really looking at the whole of the Mediterranean. Um, So we want to look at uh, newsrooms that are most most likely to work together on both sides. We're talking about Tunisia, Algeria, Libya, um, and parts of the Levant on the other side, outside of the European Union and the Southern European countries.
0: Any um, Mediterranean newsrooms listening in? How can they pitch in
1: and help and work with you? Well, we do have a seasonal call that will be advertised at the end of the year. Uh, we do invite media of different sizes um, that are focused on different aspects, whether it's migration, labour, economies, to apply to us with the beats that they think that they can support and also the roles where they feel that they can work effectively with newsrooms on the other side of the discussion. Um effectively.
0: Great. Final question from me. What's top of your to-do list? What's top priority for you right now?
1: I think I spend every day trying to get as many case studies, as many narrative uh, sort of, um, I guess, descriptions, analysis of what is working in terms of media innovation and sustainability. What are ways by which um, newsrooms are able to reach new audiences and how can we transform that audience reach into revenue, into uh, long-term sustainability. Yeah, proof in the pudding. Uh,
0: Preeti, this has been a blast. Thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast and uh, really been a pleasure to speak to you,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been brilliant talking about some of our ideas at Report for the World.
0: I think the takeaway for today is that collaboration is key. Media development organisations like Report for the World make it possible to support public interest news organisations directly through training or human resources but it's also a two-way street. The partners it has cultivated are helping to spread invaluable advice and there's plenty more in the pipeline. Whether your newsroom needs support or you have insights to share, get in touch with Prethe on LinkedIn and get involved with her work, wherever you are based. But what did you take from today? I'd love to know. Find me on X, formerly Twitter, at jpgjournalism or email me on jacobatjournalism.co.uk you can check out all of our episodes on all of your usual podcast platforms. That's SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search and subscribe to the uk podcast. But that's all we have time for this week. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.